You are tired of average. You want more out of life. You know you're capable of something greater. This show will help you become resilient in your home, at work, and in your community. Welcome to the Resilient Humans Podcast with your host, Kevin Wood. Welcome back to the Resilient Humans Podcast. And damn, we have a fire guest today. It is Scott McIntyre. He's a uh, former CrossFit affiliate owner from the Maritimes, uh, 10-year owner, I believe. Yes, sir. Yeah. And uh, recently, I'd say upended your life to make a new one. And That's so I want to description. I want to start this off with you often hear people say, I wish my life could be different. And you did that. And so yes, this sir. episode is going to be kind of diving into that, the what's, the how's, the why's, and all that stuff. So Scott, this is the first time that we've seen each other in a long time. In a while, bro. Probably since the last time we went to Cape Breton. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, for sure. It's been yeah. a long time. I mean, we've chatted and stuff, but we haven't seen each other, so. Yeah, man. So how have you been? What's going on? Man, I've been good. Life has been... Uh... <laughs> Life has been crazy. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, yeah, it's crazy, but it's, it's not, it's not as crazy as it originally was after, after actually being here in Costa Rica for a while and, and going through the whole process of changing your entire life and livelihood around, um, you know, and now with time to reflect on it, it's, it's really not that big of a deal, to be honest. I mean, I, I haven't, I don't think it's a big deal anyway. I think what happens is that people build up this idea of how they basically put up a bunch of roadblocks to themselves. Well, what about this? And what about that? And I couldn't do it this way. And it's all, they're all just ideas, but you literally broke down every one of those roadblocks that were in your way and then just did it. Just did it. Yeah. And that my, like, I mean, I don't even know where to begin when it comes to a lot of this stuff because there's so much of it to unpack when it comes to like what, what I did and, and what life is now. And um, I think that the biggest thing for me was always um, what's the worst that can happen? You know? So when I started to chat to a few people, because I don't know, maybe I should give a little here, I'll get, I'll give a little general rundown of how it actually came to fruition. Myself and my family, we visit Costa Rica uh, often. We try to come as we tried to come as much as we could. Um the last trip that we took here was back in April and it was basically going to be for about 10 days. And during the time before that, I was ready to sell the gym. I was ready to get out of the gym business. I love CrossFit Perardua. Um, Owning a gym for 10 years was, I'd say the best thing that I've ever done with my life for sure. I have no hard feelings with owning a gym. It was absolutely fantastic. I've met some of the most amazing people. I still love those people. Just phenomenal. I can't, I can't recommend that life enough. However, it was extremely hard. I was, I was locked into that gym basically 24 seven. It was extremely hard for me to go anywhere or to do anything. And it was not a love hate relationship. I loved it very much. I still do love it. I still, I actually miss it more than anything. I get messages from past members wishing we were still there. Um, But it was time. It was time for someone else to take it over. It was time for me to do a little bit of, uh, I guess, living in a way. I had to get out. I had to do something different. So long story short, 
the sale of the gym sort of coincided right before we were going to Costa Rica anyway. So that all happened. Sale went through. Everything's fine. Transition was great. We get to Costa Rica. Two days in, uh, I look at my wife, Helen, and I say, uh, call the airline and cancel those flights home because I have no reason to go back right now. So let's stay for like two months. Helen couldn't stay for two months because she has a job, had a job. So we extended it to about a month. And over that month, I, I've got that feeling of like, wow, like this, this is, this is good. This is, um, this is different. This is enjoyable. I, I want to be here. And then I've met people who are here and they, they did the same thing. So making an even longer story, even shorter, we go back home uh, in like middle of May or so. And then the wheels just start turning. Okay. So uh, how can we go to Costa Rica for three months or four months or six months and let's uh, rent the house out or, or we'll screw it. We'll just lock the house up or maybe we'll Airbnb the house and, in the end, it came down to we sold the house, we sold the vehicles, we literally sold everything we own. Like I came down here with um, two suitcases. One of them was full of camera equipment and computers. Um, I've got some stuff at home, some winter clothes if I, if I happen to ever go home in the wintertime, <laughs> which I absolutely will. And uh, and that's it. And it's it's this huge, huge thing. But in the end, like I said, it was um, what's the worst that can happen? And the one thing that kind of kept ringing through my mind and going through my brain was, you know, in 10 years, I'd rather be like, do you remember when I sold everything I owned and moved to Costa Rica for a year or five years or whatever? I'd rather have that than I then have, you know, remember that time we almost did something really crazy and unique and, and moved to Costa Rica. And so then that's it. We ended up here and um, yeah, that's it. We're going right to dive in. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to dive into a lot of that. Yeah. Bigger picture stuff though. I'm interested because people, people are motivated differently. Some people are motivated by being pushed. Some people are motivated, motivated by being pulled. Were you being pulled into Costa Rica by a desire or urge, or were you being pushed out of where you were in Cape Breton to go there? Or it could be a mixture of both. I don't think I was pushed at all. There's nothing that I, uh, there's nothing that I really don't like about Cape Breton except for um, the weather, just the winter. I just, I, I hate the winter. Um, and the, the, you know, the dark nights and the, just the, the general, the general feeling that the winter and those months bring, but um, no, it was pulled. It was absolutely pulled here. I love it here. I love the warm weather. This is the first time I'm 44 years old. I just turned 44 this month. And this is the first time that I've been, I mean, I celebrated my birthday in basically the summertime. So it was definitely a pull. It was the, it was the feeling of being here. It was the feeling of, of doing something different and just changing thing around, things around to, to kind of get that feeling and it just experience. It's all it is. And I'll, I'll tell you before we even get into it, like the whole thing was Costa Rica, Costa Rica, Costa Rica. And I do love it here. It's, it's a phenomenal country. Absolutely. You should visit. I, I can help you with some points on that too, if you're going to visit with some tips, but um, I, I have this immense travel bug now, this feeling that I want to see as much of this planet as I can now. And that is brought on by, you know, for being here for a couple months and realizing like, oh, you, you know, you could just go somewhere and rent a house for a month and like live there. And it's, it's not hard. It's very easy. And then I start to think, wow, like I could do this in Greece and wow, I could go to Egypt and see the pyramids. And like, who doesn't want to see the pyramids? 
like that. I've always wanted to see the pyramids and I've only ever seen them on TV. But then when you, when you, when you see those people there and you know, the one block of the pyramid is this enormous thing. It's like, I have to see that. So I have this feeling now that's way more intense than it used to be about actually traveling around. Like I said, like, let's go here for a month and here for a month and here for a month and here for a month. And I don't know how long that can last, but this is, this is, this is what this move to Costa Rica has brought on for me. It's really cool. Sounds like a, a complete mindset shift. And I I heard this is kind of a, a little tangent, I guess, but I saw a video recently of somebody saying owning a house is one of the worst things that you can do because it ties you down. Like yep. a lot of people use their house as like they're building yep. equity and this is, you know, it's part of their like almost retirement plan basically. Um, but if you rent, you're not tied down anywhere and you can go nope. wherever, wherever the hell you want. Yeah. So. Uh, I saw that too. Um, and that was after I kind of went through all this. So it was a little bit refreshing to see that guy uh, talk about that. And, and I don't like, remember who it was. I, I can't remember, yeah. but anyway, yeah. But I do, I, yeah, it was on a reel or something, but I, I do, um, I do agree. And I, I don't want to make anybody mad about, you know, owning a home. And I think owning a home is great. And I, I did Look, it. We, we've pissed own. off enough people on this podcast. You can say whatever you want. I don't give okay, a shit. Cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not against that stuff, but I'm, you know, like when, when I talk to people and friends and stuff, I said, yeah, like, you know, we're, we're selling the house and we're going to move. And no one was like, dude, are you nuts? Like, what are you talking about? You can't just sell your house. A couple of people were like, really? You're, you're actually going to sell your house. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, let's buy another one. If, you know, not that I have, like, I'm not a millionaire or anything like this, but you know, worst case scenario, Costa Rica really doesn't work out for us to move home another house and that was it and we we said for years and i've said for years that i wanted a smaller house anyway like we didn't have a huge house but the house was like a 1500 square foot house on you know like one level the basement was completely finished and furnished i don't think i went down there once every three months like we didn't use the house and then i had the huge basically crossfit gym the original crossfit gym built beside the house so i've said for years that you know if we ever upgraded our home it was a serious downgrade in size and now you look at like the house that we live in here in costa rica that we're renting now we're only here for another two weeks because um the area is just uh noisy it's loud there's there's dogs constant and there's there's an airbnb beside us and no ill will towards the landlord and stuff but it's like some people come in and they want to party and i'm i'm an 8 30 9 o'clock guy i'm out that's it you're 44 so, now I, man <laughs> Yeah. Things I'm a are light different. sleeper too. I'm a light sleeper. So like I wake up with anything. So we found another place. It's much bigger. It's much more private. It's in a better part of town and it's a little bit more expensive, but we're moving there uh, at the first of February. So cool. Um, I don't even know where I was on that talk. But... It's all good. What's, how has your, so obviously it's a, a huge difference in <laughs> lifestyle, what have, what, ha, what notice, what things have you noticed, I guess, of the day-to-day -day routines that have changed for you? Oh man, this is the biggest, the biggest thing is, is the day-to-day, -day. the biggest thing. Like, so obviously fitness, strength training, optimization of my body and mind and soul and everything has always been, you know, me, the, the most important, like this is, this is what we do. We train and it's, that's number one here. It's like, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm cheating in life compared to everybody that I know. Like I'm up at say five, five thirty in the morning. I come outside to get that sunlight in my eyes and on my face and and I absorb that. So like I'll come out into the hammock for half hour, 
an hour in the morning and just just taking that sun, like just like the Huberman stuff, you know, like he says, get that light in your eyes for a better day. And I feel incredible. You know, uh, I'm getting a ton of vitamin D all the time. I don't wear shoes and I know it sounds hippie-ish and I promise that anybody. I was just going to say, me, you're no, a hippie now. I no, I know. <laughs> I'm not even close. I'm not even close to being a hippie. I promise. But um, I just, I wear flip-flops all the time. And then the gym that I train in Activo, which is like a CrossFit gym, but they're just not affiliated. Uh, People don't wear people don't wear shoes in there, and it's clean. The guy has actually it's phenomenal. He has this maid who comes into his gym every single morning at like five a.m. and then she goes to his house and she cleans the gym completely from you know top to bottom, and then she goes to his house and does the same thing. So it's super super clean. But I started training barefoot, and I did it a couple times when we vacationed here. But I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to wear shoes anymore, and it's phenomenal. I have um I have ankle mobility issues in my right my right foot. Like if I do wall balls, my, my right, my right, my right heels coming up. Um, not so much when I, well, a little bit when I squat with a barbell, but it's always coming up. But since I started training barefoot, I'm telling you, I don't know if it's just like this anecdotal thing or, or in my brain, but I'm, I'm sure it's, it's fixed. Like I'm sure it's fixed. And I don't, I don't know why I don't know the science behind it, but I feel like my ankle mobility is so much better now that I train barefoot. And, um, so that, so there's that there's there's and the food like the food here like we can get into to nutrition and diet stuff because I know you're you're into that as much as I am but uh, I switched I switched everything around recently and there's just a noticeable difference there's a noticeable difference even if you're not really conscious of what you eat and how you eat like you know like we are there's a huge noticeable difference in food like I don't even know how to explain it but you can feel it you can feel how much better or how much I don't know. It's almost like more nutritious the food is here. And They're probably um, it's probably more nutrient dense. It has to it's be. Gotta be. It's gotta be because it's not I, being flown in from miles yeah. and miles away, right? Well, you know, this this is the one dickhead thing that I'm gonna say. And you always you always hear this thing, and I think I said it in one of my vlogs on YouTube. It's like you always hear like, Oh, you know, you've never seen this until you've been here, or you've never you've never had a beer unless you've had this kind of beer. And I'll say you've never had pineapple unless you've eaten pineapple <laughs> in Costa Rica. And dude, like I don't eat pineapple here. We go through one to two pineapples every single day. It's just like the most phenomenal fruit I've ever had in my life here. It's like, there's no comparison when people come and they have it. They're like, this isn't even, this is, I've never had this before. I'm like, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's not, not a pineapple. It's different. Yeah. No. Or what I'm having back right home is the road. Real. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess what, what I've been told when I talk about people is they, they pick it when it's not ripe and then they ripen it with some sort of a gas as it's in transport on the way to different countries. And I mean, I'm sure that's not great for you, but it definitely changes the, uh, mm. definitely changes the taste and what it actually is, but we get it right on the side of the road. These guys, there's a fruit truck guy he just has this big pickup truck, all the fruit in the back of it, or a minivan guy. And he has all the back in the minivan and we buy the papayas and mangoes and pineapple. And um, when it's in season, the um, mamachinos, they're like that weird hairy fruit. Like I never would have eaten one just from looking at them. But when you have one, it's basically like a, like a grape it's covered in this weird hairy thing, but the inside's like a huge, like a big grape. Unbelievable. Kind of tastes like a pear anyway, yes. but yeah, the food, the food's, the food's different. So lifestyle, lifestyle is, it's just better. Um, I just feel, feel more, I don't know. I feel more healthy being here. Um, there's definitely, we'll, we'll get into the diet stuff later, but one thing I did really notice is, um, it, the town that we're in and, and basically most of Costa Rica, if you're anywhere near the coast, has just phenomenal sunsets. I mean, I've, I've taken millions of photos, but 
these sunsets are so phenomenal that majority of people that are in the town when sunsets coming, they go to the beach to watch the sunset. And you can just see literally hundreds of people on the beach. They'll just sit down and they'll just watch the sunset. And you can watch the actual sun just like hit the horizon because this expanse of beachfront or, or like the, the ocean view is massive. It just stretches for miles and miles and miles. Like it's unfathomable. And you watch this sun set. And I think that because I see that every single day that my brain, I guess my circadian rhythm or whatever, it's like, okay, it's nighttime. You're done. So by seven o'clock, like I'm done. Like, and I mean, I'm done, done. Like seven, seven thirty, I can't keep my eyes open. I am out. If I can make it to nine, that's a crazy stretch. And then I struggled because the first few mornings for like the first few weeks, I just couldn't, like I was up at four o'clock in the morning. And at that time there was a three hour difference between here and home. Now there's a two hour difference because we don't do daylight saving time, but I'm like, okay, I'll adjust whatever. Cause you know, at home with the gym, four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, that's what time I'm getting up. Right. So here I'm getting up still at that time, but it would have been seven at home or eight at home. And, but it never, it never stops. And now it's, I'll wake up at four 30, basically every morning and I'll be like, all right, whatever. I'll lay there till five. But if I, if I don't get up, feel terrible like I, I'm like I'm missing out on so much because you know at 6 a.m here the sun is up it's beautiful it's 28 degrees as it's you know it's usually 30 every day 30 32 but at that time it's like it's between 25 and 28 and at home it's like I don't go outside I don't want to I don't want to go outside and get sun on my face when it's you know minus 12 or whatever it is I know it's really nice at home these days the, the wind hurts but, your face yeah and and for me now, it's it's getting out and just I guess it's that's that's how it works now. Lifestyle wise, like you said, like obviously I'm not working here. I am coming back to Cape Breton um, for wedding season, and I think we got we, we we had a little bit of a switch with with the whole move here. So I think that's what's going to happen. It's going to be the you know June to October Cape Breton sort of thing, and the rest of the time here. Or if things change, who knows? Cool. You know? Yeah, you'll just, you'll just rent when you come back and. Yeah, it's, you know what, I'm completely honest. The town that we're in is phenomenally expensive. Like we're paying so much money to rent here and we're okay with it because we're doing it right now until June. It's like, okay, this was the the initial thing, whatever. Uh, there's areas around here, like we're in Santa Teresa. There's areas around us that aren't that far away that are close to the beach here, which is uh, one place is called Caboya. And that's close to the beach as well. It's almost on the other side of the peninsula, but it's not that far. But it's I love I love it there. Love it there. And the price to rent there would probably be a quarter of what we're paying here or even less. Um, but you're just not close to anything. So that was the, the one thing. It was like, yeah, we're paying more. But uh, if I'm going to the 7 o'clock, uh, 7 a.m. class at the gym here, I can leave at 6.57 and make it there. Nice. supermarkets on the other side of the road here like small supermarket of course but um we're just so close to everything you're paying so for we're gonna deal with it for now yeah there's a big convenience and we wanted the convenience for ben as well ben's 15 he has friends here you know i didn't want him to be a 20 minute drive out of town and in in and out of town all the time that sort of thing maybe uh if we get him a, a motorbike at some point or i mean he'll be 16 next year we'll we'll figure that out but for now We'll pay more to be in here and just kind of enjoy this town for now. So I'd like to dive into that. You have your sure. wife and kid with you. Yes, sir. How did that play into the whole, like Ben's still school age. Like how did that whole, I guess, dynamic affect your decision, if at all? 
at first we, we, we vacationed here quite a few times. And anytime we'd be here, we'd be like, we're going to move here someday. We're going to move here someday. And Ben would be like, not even close. I'm not moving here. You know? <laughs> and Ben, Ben's my life. He's, he's everything to me. So when it comes to him, it's, that's it. If he make, he, he can make that decision and that's fine. I want him to have a, a great childhood. I want him to, I just want him to be perfect. So he was a huge part of it. When we came in April and we were here for that month, he was on board. He's like, yeah, I mean, he met some friends. He has some friends. They're down here. They do uh, the online international schooling a couple hours a day. That really intrigued him. Ben's like me. Ben's a super smart kid. Super smart. He gets that from his mom for sure for the school stuff. But um, he hates school. He hates, like, and I, I hate that sitting in a classroom, shut your mouth and spoke when speak, you know, speak when spoken to for eight hours a day. So I just, I don't like it. He doesn't like it. He's like me in that regard. So when he found this out, he's like, wow, you know, these kids are here. They're doing this. I can do the same thing. So he was on board. And I cleared this thing with him multiple times before we actually even listed our home for sale. I'm like, dude, like we're listing the house. You've got to be sure. And he's like, I'm in. I'm sure. I want to do it. Because we also explain too, if we get down there for a year, two years, three years, five years, whatever, and he is almost 16, you can come home. We'll leave. If you get down there, I told him, like, if we get down there and you hate this after two, three, four months, whatever, and you want to come home, we'll come home. There won't be an argument. We'll come home. So I check with him all the time. Still loving it. He's love it. Loves it. He's here, dude. He's he's going to the gym sometimes twice a day. We're surfing. Mm-hmm. We're hanging out. Just, I mean, he's got it. He's got it licked. And I explained to him that, like, at the time when we moved, he was 15. He's still 15. But, you know, my parents took me to PEI for two days when I was 15. Your parents are taking you to live in Costa Rica when you're 15. He works in the cafe here. Helen's sister, my wife's sister, owns a cafe called The Roastery in town. And he works there a few days a week, you know, and he's, he loves it. He's enjoying it. So I would thing. I would use the word adaptable to describe Ben. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Right? Ben, this he's it's so funny because I started to, to train and lift weights when I was like 14 years old. And it took me between the ages of 13 and no, I started when I was 13 at home. My parents had it, bought me a bench and a squat rack and I had it in my bedroom. And it took me between the ages of 13 and 14 to get up the balls to go and join a gym. And the gym that we had at the time 30 years ago was much different than any kind of gym that you'd, you'd have now. Um, but now I see him. He grew literally grew up in a gym since he was well, he was two. I believe he was two when we started to train in the garage. So he would be in the garage training CrossFit with us, like, you know, messing around, whatever, or dabbling. But now it's now he's a gym rat. Like he's a gym kid. He he does CrossFit with us, strength and conditioning, I'll call it, and some Metcons here and there. But he, he does a lot. He's into the bodybuilding phase now, which is awesome because he just wants to get big. And he's he's got so much. He's got so much knowledge. It's so much of an advantage with his mom and I because it's like, you know, Dad, like, I really want to get bigger arms. I'm like, cool, put more weights on the, the bar for squatting. What do you mean? It's like, just trust me, squat, dude, squat. And people who squat 500 pounds don't have skinny arms, squat, you know? So, <laughs> and deadlift, whatever. So this is what I've been teaching them. And, like, actually, we went to the gym two days ago, and um, he, he wasn't training his back properly. He's like, Dad, I can never feel my back. So I went into teaching him how to actually train your back without using your biceps, you know, that sort of thing, using your arms as levers to actually destroy your back. So his back is destroyed. My back is destroyed. So it's just so cool to be able to do that with, you know, your son, like, look, I'm going to show you how to do these T-bar rows properly, you know? So, but yeah, he was all about it. He's definitely adaptable. He loves it here. He's pumped. Helen was all about it. Helen's a little bit older than me. So she was ready to stop the the nine to five daily grind. And uh, yeah, like we said, it was, it, you know, dude, it all boiled down to what's the worst that can happen. We're not going to die. What are we going to do? We're very healthy people. We take care of ourselves. People ask us, what are we going to do for health care? And I'm like, 
I, I, I healthcare every day. Like this is what I do. I, I'm not sick. I don't get, your, I don't go to healthcare is prevention, right? It's not, you're not yeah, reacting exactly. to shit. Yeah. I don't, uh, I don't have prescriptions. There's, there's not like none of us do We're you know, we take care of ourselves in that regard. It's like, you're right. Prevention and that healthcare deal wasn't even, wasn't even a thought or an issue for me at all. We didn't, we didn't even think about it. We just, we just did it. We came and yeah. I like what you say there, like what, what's the worst that can happen? Am I going to die? And I think that whenever I sign up for some crazy ass event, like if I'm about (laughs) to do a a triathlon, what's the worst that can happen? I don't finish in time. Okay. And then what? (laughs) Like, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah. People often build up these massive stories in their heads about all the things that can go wrong. They all have these, what ifs, what if, what if, what if. What if the other side of that happens? What if you really love living in Costa Rica? What happens if you really love that lifestyle? Those are what ifs that you should be answering. And it seems like you just literally bridge that gap and we're like, yeah, let's go. Let's see what this is all about. Yeah, you're right. Something you said earlier, I want to see if that rings true. Do you still consider Cape Breton home? And will that, do you think that will always be true? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Why? I love Cape Breton. It's just, I don't even know. It's just a feeling that's my home. It'll, it'll always be my home. Um, I was so excited to get out of there for Christmas. I couldn't wait to be like Christmas on the beach. Dude. So you guys built like this little, like makeshift Christmas tree at a seashell. Yeah. 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 Driftwood with, uh, seashells and shit like that. It's actually pretty cool. You know, um, it sucked. It didn't, it didn't suck. I won't say that, but it was like, it's just so, you know, 43 years I've celebrated Christmas with the the cold and the winter and the, all that kind of stuff. And um, I definitely missed it. Definitely missed it. Like even Ben was like, can we just go home next Christmas? I'm like, hundred percent, dude, we're going home. I don't care if we come like November 15th, we're going home for Christmas on December for sure. It's, uh, it's different. It's hundred percent. It's obviously, it's not celebrated here. Like it is at home. It's, it sort of is, but it isn't like there was decorations and stuff around, but it's just, the whole general feeling and whole general vibe of Christmas is not even, not even close to the same. Um, I, I hate the weather. I hate the winter. I hate the snow, but it's, it's not, it's a hundred percent not Christmas. It never felt like Christmas. The day Christmas Eve didn't feel like Christmas whatsoever. So I would talk to people and I'm like, I'm going to my Christmas party. And I'm like, <laughs> that's so weird because oh, right. that's it's happening. summertime. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. I, I don't know if I could ever get away from putting up, over 7,000 Christmas lights on my house. Yeah, I do miss I, that. I, I watched, that. I watched uh, all my Christmas movies and shows like a hundred times. <laughs> keep, that, keep that feeling going. That's you know? awesome. Yeah, what are, what cool. are some other things that you're, you feel like, man, I miss that, or I wish I could experience that other than Christmas. Um, You know, not much, man. Honestly, I don't miss that much about from home i 100 percent miss some of my family and the people obviously and, yeah yeah there's yeah. there's lots of people that i miss like when i get texts or phone calls or messages about my youtube thing and i love it i i miss i miss people a ton um it's great to get a message from someone or a call or something like that but there's not too much i miss honestly about home i i see some things like um you know like i do snowboard and stuff as much as i hate the winter but I'll see like say Matt Burke, for example, I'll, on his Instagram, I'll see yeah, yeah. snowboarding stuff. And it's, it kind of, it kind of makes me feel like, ah, oh, like I, 
kind of want that right now. But then I look. But he's probably sitting here like, oh, man, I wish you'd be surfing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like everybody has those thoughts. Everybody. So. um, So, yeah, no, I'm very fortunate. That's the one thing that I should say is I I think I'm very fortunate. I don't take for granted what's what's going on in our lives right now. But uh, I do. I love it here. I don't miss. uh, There's not really anything in that regard. I miss the gym. I definitely miss the gym and the people in the gym. That's like, um, that's huge. And, and being down here, not that there's anything wrong with the gym that I train in. It's very similar. And I'm, I've, I've got quite a few like friends and acquaintances in the gym now that we kind of shoot the shit and that sort of thing. So there's still that, that's why I train at this gym. Um, obviously I would always train at a CrossFit gym anyways. I wouldn't go anywhere else, but, um, I would say to people like who know CrossFit and who know that community, like, don't take that for granted. That is like, that is huge. That is like, I'll, I'll, I've said it a million times and I'll, I'll say it again. It's the best thing that anybody I believe can do is join a CrossFit gym. It's, it's not even just for your fitness, it's just for absolutely everything. So I, I definitely miss like, you know, that whole entire crew of people that push you and want you there and you want them there and you push them. That's don't ever take that for granted. That's, that's something very, very special, very special. Yeah. I do miss that. I posted a while ago, um, what's your elevator pitch for CrossFit? And somebody responded by saying, you can go anywhere in the world and have friends. 100%. Yeah. It's crazy. Even now, like right now, right now it's high season down here. So it's tour season. So um, you you really can't go to a class and see the same faces every day because there's so many tourists and there's so many people coming in. And just the majority of people will have a CrossFit t-shirt on. Right. And you could see or you see the Metcons or you see the Rogris bands or something like that. And it's those people feel welcome. And it's, it's always a, a little community and camaraderie kind of thing. So it's really cool. Even awesome. in little, little ass, uh, little small surf down here in Costa Rica, you, you see a ton of CrossFitters. What I guess I'm jumping way back here, but what were the feelings that were, that you were feeling, I guess, when you started selling off all your stuff? Because a lot of people associate their identity with the things that they have and own. Yeah. And so you were literally shedding that off, like shedding, mm-hmm. like a snake shedding skin. What were some of the feelings or thoughts that, that you were experiencing during that time? It was definitely, it was definitely crazy and weird at times. And there was sometimes I was like, oh man, like, should I be doing this? But I think I should start with saying that like most of the stuff that I have and own um that i really care about is like my camera equipment and like i'm you know i'm a nurse like so my techie stuff like that's the stuff that i wouldn't sell ever you know i mean i came down here with an enormous suitcase with i don't know how much money worth of camera gear and equipment but like that's that's what i care about everything else was it wasn't that big of a deal and as you started to get less and less it was like you know i could completely be a minimalist because i just had so much shit like so much and and you do too. Everybody does. And I said to oh, some I'm people, fully like, you know, aware of it. <laughs> you want to go on a vacation? Let's say you want to take your family on a vacation, and it's going to cost you five grand. And five grand is a stretch. Sell some shit. Use face. Talk to Helen, my wife, about using Facebook Marketplace. She sold everything that we own. And I'm talking stuff that, like, she would like just as example. I don't even know. She would show me something and be like, "How much do you think I can get for this?" And I'm like, "Nothing. Throw in the garbage. It's junk. <laughs> Twenty bucks." You know what I mean? But yeah. like it's 20 bucks, it's 25 bucks. And this is happening the whole entire time. So, you know, that every 
one man's junk is another man's treasure. It, it absolutely holds true. Like people, there's so much stuff that you have that you're not using that you don't need that someone else will give you money for. And it's better for them to have it than for it to sit in your house doing nothing. And there was a lot of that, like, not that we were hoarders, but you know, just as a quick example, Helen got into kayaking, which was awesome. She took a kayaking course. I bought her kayak, all the equipment for kayaking. If I had bought all that stuff new, it would have been about 6,000 bucks. Um, I got a good deal on the kayak to my buddy, Alan. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, she went like three or four times, which is fine. It's kind of a, it's kind of a, you know, deal to go. And it wasn't, it wasn't because like she, she got all the stuff and didn't want to go. It's just the way it happened. And, and then we moved. So, I mean, it was no big deal. In the end, it would be like, you could have rented all that gear three or four times and paid like a 10th of the price and just did that instead of going out and buying everything. And I was always that guy, like, you know, if I'm buying a mountain bike, I'm buying the $6,000 mountain bike that has everything with it because I'm going to do this every single day. And I do it, you know, some things I, I, I hang on to and some things I don't, but I've realized with this whole move that there's just, you just don't need so much stuff and you spend so much money. I'm talking like hundreds of thousands of dollars on just shit that you don't need and you're never going to need. You know what I'm saying? If so you sell, if you start selling things for 20 bucks, $120 is a good plane ticket somewhere where you want to go. hundred percent, hundred percent. So you could get, you know, if you can't afford to go on a vacation this year and you're like, shit, you know, because of, you know, rising prices of this and that, go, go look around your house and sell some shit. I can promise you that you can make a few thousand bucks just on stuff that's sitting around that you don't need and you're never going to need, you it's know, true. Right I now, remember I want, I'm running through my head right now. Like, okay, well I could probably make a few thousand dollars with yeah, some things 100%. just sitting around. Right. It's funny. And it kind of feels good and it feels very freeing. Like, you know, like when I think about the sale of the house, it's like, you know, man, that house just paid off and, you know, we sold it and like, I don't have a house now. And then it's like, I don't feel bad about it. Like it's, it's kind of freeing in a way. It's just a house. It's not, it's just a house. There's nothing, you know, I think that we're taught that this, you, you this is what you have to do. You have to get this education. You have to get this big mortgage for this house. You have to pay that house off. You have to do, you have to have you don't have to do any of that shit. You don't have to own a home. It's not that like, are you any less of a person if you're, if you're just renting? You know what I mean? Are you, are you a bad, are you a bad dad because you don't own a home? I don't think I'm a bad dad. I'm a great dad. I love my kid more than anything in the world. And I'll give him the shirt off my back in a second's notice. But I talked to him about it. He doesn't need to have a home. He's, he'll be 16 soon. How much longer is he really going to be in that home? And I've said since the day that that kid was born, you know, if he gets to the point where he says, you know, mom, dad, I'm going to move to Toronto because I'm going to work in this design firm. That's blah, 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 whatever. I go, yeah, well, we're moving to Toronto because I'm not that dad that can be in Cape Breton while my son, if my son's in Toronto. I, I mean, I don't have to live with him, but I want to see him. I want to see him as much as possible. And I'll want that until the day that I die. I'm not, I don't want to get away from my kids. When I, we took vacations, he, the first time he was, he was 16 months old and we took him to Jamaica and every time, except for one time that we've traveled and we tried a lot, a lot of times we two, three times a year, uh, like down South the resort thing, he came with us. And the one time he didn't come with us, it was, we went to a, like a all adults resort. But when you go to these resorts, all these resorts share the beaches um, with other resorts. So we're on the beach, we're having a drink and you know, we're all having fun. And there's this dad at the other resort beach and he's playing with his two boys 
And I felt like the biggest bag of shit <laughs> because I'm like, my kid right now is at home at his Nana's house, sitting in a chair, eating pizza, watching TV. And he could be here playing. And it, ever since that, I was like, no, that's, that's he doesn't he doesn't get to stay home. He comes with us. So that's just who I am. And I, I love my kid. And owning a home isn't that big of a deal for us. And like I said, we can just buy another one, maybe a tiny home. They're not that bad. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay, look. If you come back, I have some a business idea with you. Just okay. so you know. All right. Okay. We'll we'll chat later off off script here. All right. <laughs> but Joanna's in too. By the way, she Perfect. loves your uh, your YouTube shit. She keeps like, oh my oh, god, have you man, seen this video crazy. yet? Have you seen this video mm-hmm. yet? So can you dive into that? Like, what what triggered you to start a YouTube channel and why? Like, what what's so, this all about? So what started as a conversation between my buddy Mike? So. One of my best friends in the world, Mike Shepard, uh, we we are always scheming. We're always trying to come up with ideas to do this, to do something, to make money somehow, to, to do whatever. So we're, we're very techie people. I'm into YouTube. I've always been into YouTube. I follow a ton of creators on YouTube. It's just one of those things. I got rid of cable a long time ago. And basically, YouTube is I, one of my, my last video. Actually, I talked about that, becoming a, a YouTuber in 2023. Anyway, before the move, I said, Mike this is it. This is the perfect, this is the perfect idea. Like we can create a YouTube channel about this, about me moving and, and doing crazy shit in, in Costa Rica. And it kind of, it kind of spawned from there. I didn't think that it would be where it is today. Um, when I was, when we had that discussion, but it would, the whole deal was he was going to be the editor for it. I was going to send him files. Turns out that's just nearly impossible to get this many gigabytes of files from Costa Rica <laughs> with shitty internet connections to Cape Breton. So I started to do it on my own. At some point, I believe that uh, if we ever uh, if we ever blow it up, Mike will definitely be coming on board with the, the YouTube channel. Anyway, uh, I did the first video. Honestly, the first video, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do one because this is just too much. I didn't know how to edit. I, I, I think I used Adobe Premiere Pro when I was 22, when I was in design, uh, graphic design and photography school for a couple projects. And that was it. But that was 20 years ago. So I didn't know what I was doing. I'm like, I'm going to film this stuff because all the cameras I have are all phenomenal cameras. They all shoot in 4K. I'm like, I'll do it. I'll slap it together. I'll put it up. It was more about a friends and family thing, uh, uh, my, my wedding clients and my, my clients at home for a photography business thing. And just a way to show them and tell them what was going on. And then people just loved it. They were messaging me, telling me, do more. I love this. And I'm like, you know what? I got to do more of these. They're so fun. And literally from that day, it's consumed basically my whole life. And I absolutely love doing it because it's such a challenge. I'm a creative person. Um, if people don't know, I've been a graphic designer and a photographer since, I mean, for forever, basically. Um, I've been a professional photographer for over 20 years, uh, majorly into uh, wedding photography. I love weddings. Anyway, creativity is my thing. It's It's something that I need. And videography and cinematography and YouTube have just sparked this entire new world of challenges video challenges and editing challenges and i just love it it's it's so fun and people seem to enjoy it so i just keep on doing it and it's kind of along the thing that like what you just said was the you know what's the worst that can happen and and i said that in the video it's like you know people people are afraid to fail and people are afraid to take a chance and i don't like being on video and i don't like hearing myself and i kind of cringe at my own self but it's it's just not being afraid of that. It's just not being. It's like whatever. Who gives a shit? Look at you. You started a podcast, dude. Millions of people start a podcast. We're you know, 
I think it's awesome. I think that everybody should do everything that they want to do and just who cares about failing? The, the thing is like, if you, if you start looking at the analytics of all these videos, like some of the videos that I put up suck. No one watches them. They get like a hundred views. It's like, oh, well, they didn't like that one. I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Some of them get tons of views and tons of comments and tons of likes. Wicked. That's great. They like that one. And it's just that process of just stop caring. Stop caring if, if you're going to fail. Who gives a shit if one video that you put up doesn't get the traction that the other videos did and keep going with it and having fun. And if you think that, and I've, I come to grips with this myself, it's like, you know, we all think that we're, we're great at what we do. We're like, oh, you know, I'm a great photographer, a videographer. I can do this. I can do that. And this content is awesome. I think that because I did it. But if you think that, you know, did, did you start your podcast thinking like this first episode is going to get 10 million views and I'm going to be the podcaster right up there with Joe Rogan, right? You didn't nope. and it's not going to happen and it's not going to happen for anybody. But in three years or in four years and when you build up that base and when you get better at doing these podcasts and you get, it takes that work. It takes, it takes it to get there. So get rid of this mindset that you're just going to be this overnight sensation. Like I can't, I can't sit here and think, you know what, I'm going to do the video that I'm going to post today about I got, I got hired recently here, which is really cool by an international client because of my drone work. So that's my vlog that I'm finishing editing, editing today. I can't sit here and be like, this is going to get 20 million views. And I, th and then I'm going to be a YouTuber. You know, just, you can't have that attitude. Just put the work in, see where it goes and just have fun with it. So I wrote that explain the YouTube thing. Sometimes yeah, I go yeah. off on tangents, bro. I don't so. know, but it resonates with what I've said this before. I, I and a lot of other people, when they start this public facing persona and I'm, I'm what I am. I'm not, yeah. I'm not faking it. You're not faking it. Any of your shit. Oh. Like it's raw. It's real. We did not oh, script, do that. We did not script any of these questions. Like this is, this is as no. real as it gets. Right. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of people they expect and their goal is to get as much reach as possible. How many views, how many likes, how many clicks versus how much impact can you have? So your video that might've had a hundred views, one or two of those people, it may have impacted very greatly and inspired them to do something different. I would rather that than have 2 million views and it do nothing for anyone. Absolutely agree. And so Absolutely. when I go in and look at the back end of my numbers on these podcasts, sure, it's nice to celebrate the milestones because it gives you a little bit of a boost and motivation to keep going, but it doesn't really matter. I don't care because it's the people that come up to me and say, hey, I really resonated when you said this or when your guest said that, and now I'm doing it this way. I'm like, fuck, yes, that's mm -hmm. what it's all about. I love it. Yeah, man. We're talking it's, for me. Yeah, no, we are absolutely. And for me, it's always been about that. It's always been, you know, like, like even with fitness, right? Um, mm -hmm. Fitness and Especially. nutrition and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, I, I know, I know what I'm talking about. I've done this shit for a long time. So let's just as an example, I've owned a CrossFit gym for 10 years. Can every single day training people, helping people move better, helping people eat better, helping people just be better. So sometimes when I share stuff, like I'll share an article online or I'll share my opinion online or, or I'll share something about, you know, some kind of a food online. And it's like, you know, there's probably people that are experts that are going to be like, whatever, this guy's an idiot. But there could be that one person that goes, you know what? 
I'm going to listen to Scott because he kind of knows what he's talking about. And I'm not going to eat seed oils anymore. I'm going to try to see if that helps my health. If that one person, it's kind of like I quit drinking almost seven years ago. Um, I had enough of, I had enough of alcohol. It wasn't doing me. There was nothing positive coming from alcohol for me. I have a different, um, I don't, I don't look down on people about alcohol. I don't just do whatever you want with alcohol. I don't give a shit. I don't judge people in any way by the decisions that they make. Um, now, now I believe that I should have quit drinking 20 years ago because I believe it's an absolute poison for your body. It's fine. I'm not judging people. I don't care. Do what you want to do. But every year I'll post six years, no alcohol, six years, no hangovers. Not to piss people off, but to maybe take that one person who's looking at the bottle thinking like, man, I got to stop this shit. And I always say, reach out to me. And people reach out to me. How did you stop, bro? How did you quit drinking? And I say, dude, for the first like three months, it took me. And I wasn't an alcoholic. I believe I was probably going to get close to it at some point. But but that's the that's the, that's the the thing with Cape Breton. There's so much drinking. Everything mm-hmm. you do, there's golf, you drink, you fish, you drink, you play baseball, you drink. Anyway. For the first three months, it was so hard for me to drive by the liquor store. So hard because it would be like, you know, I'll have supper and I'll have a vodka and grand or two vodka and grands. And then just the benefit to get out of that and to get away from alcohol. So anyway, that's why I post that. I post that so that if I can help one or two people. And like, and I get, I got a message the other day from my buddy. He's in the military. He's a phenomenal guy. He's like, dude, you know, the cut and drive it. He's gained way too much weight. He can't fit into his uniform. He needs my help. He's like, I look up to you. I need your help. I'm like, dude, 100%. He's like, how much? I don't want any money, man. I'm going to tell you what you have to do. You're either going to follow it or you're not going to follow it, right? But if I can help that guy change his life, lose weight, he's a new dad. I believe he has two kids, maybe just one. Um, But if I can help him, awesome. So it's the same with the YouTube thing. When I tell people, you know, if you feel like you want to start a YouTube channel, start a YouTube channel. It's phenomenal. Like I said to, to Helen and Ben, you know, I think I'm getting close to doing 50 videos now. You know, if we have 200 videos on YouTube, nothing ever happens with it. You know, I don't financially make any money from it. Look at the the home videos and the memories that I have that are there forever. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, your parents go back at their little real camera deal and project it onto the wall and watch that. Look what we have. We have this crazy high quality audio set to music, 4K video, like phenomenal home movies if i died tomorrow god forbid my kid will have 50 videos to sit back and watch my dad died 13 years ago and i had a voicemail on my phone that i lost and that a voicemail just to hear his voice was Hmm. it was everything it was phenomenal i would listen to it before i would go to bed to try and trigger my brain to dream about him which works by the way and looking at photos works but my kid will have all of these videos to go back like he in 30 years he can go check my dad out when he was 44 like look at this look at us look at us surfing look at us doing this like that's right there that's worth the time that i'm putting in down here making youtube videos okay so why why do people get stuck in the fear loop because that's what's holding them back from doing all of these things it's what held me back from starting a podcast it's what (laughs) held me back from quitting teaching it was all this fear so what what can people do to get past that? I, I honestly believe for me, for anything that I was ever afraid to do, which wasn't a ton of stuff, but but even in the stuff that I was afraid to do, I still went, went ahead and did it. I think it's it's to be judged by your peers or, or to have people like super close friends and family 
to judge you or think something of you or like, what's this person going to think? Like, and I've gone through that. I've, I've had, there's a few people in my life that I've had past friends that I would be like, man, I wonder what he'll think of this. Like he'll say something about this. Like people that are supposed to be your friends that are supportive of you. I knew that I wouldn't get that support or how will this person judge me? And I mean, it's not the easiest thing to do. So when I sit here and say like, screw those people, you can't, you can't, you can't worry about what people think about you or what people are going to say about you. Cause you know what, man, people are going to talk shit about you. <laughs> I, I've heard it of every decision that I've made of everything that I've ever done. People said, Oh, this person said this, this person said that it doesn't matter. Those people will never matter in the end. And I think a lot of, a, a lot of, uh, Oh, the quote, that's the, the quote. Uh, you suffer more in your own mind than you'll ever really suffer in reality. And that's what it is. You, yeah. you get this shit in your head that it's just not it's just you don't have to do that. You don't have to think those people that you think are thinking about you all day long or talking about you all day long or have this opinion. They don't. Nope. I don't think about, about their own with, shit. They're thinking about their own shit, just like yeah. I'm thinking about my own shit. I don't. I don't think about anybody. I'm not sitting back on Kevin Wood started a podcast. What a dummy. I'm sitting back on. Kevin started a podcast. That's awesome. Kevin asked me to be on the podcast. Hell yeah, I'm going to go on the podcast. That's you sick. Go. You're you're one of like three people that I know that started a podcast. And I think it's awesome. Do it. I, I want to see you have millions of people listening <laughs> and watching this podcast. It's phenomenal. Why would I not want that, right? But there's people that you know that are your friends that are going, screw that guy. That's going to fail. He's not going to do good at this podcast. Look, right. there's people that will talk shit whether you win or lose. It does 100%. not matter. Hundred so percent. Just know that they they exist, and then yeah. you you literally brush it off. Yeah, that's all. And and I mean, that's for me it was, you know, I think the best advice that I can give, to be honest, and I'm no expert in in anything, is just fail, man. If you, if you fail, the more that you do fail, and the more that, and I don't mean fail. I don't know. You know what I mean? Just take the chance, and if it doesn't work the way you wanted it to work, you, you're going to learn from that. And that feeling that you get becomes less intense. And it's like, you know, I already have the title for this podcast. Cause I wrote it down okay. here. What's the worst that can happen. Yeah, buddy. Like that's the that's theme. It. That is yeah. the theme. Yeah. Right. But tell me, tell Anything. me though, like even, even thinking with Dallas, that's your theme. So as an outside perspective, looking at me in my life and what I've done, tell me what's the worst that can happen. What, what could possibly be the worst thing that could happen? You know what I mean? So let's say you tell me, what, what do you think? So like this is the thing that you have to get over, right? What's the worst that could possibly happen right now? If you, if you guys decided, you know what, we're going to sell it all. We're going to move down to Costa Rica near Scott. We're going to, you know, get some tips from him. Yeah. What's the worst? I, uh, I go to a, uh, a darker spot, I guess, when I see that, because my parents are getting old. And so yeah. the worst yeah, yeah, thing yeah, yeah, yeah. happen yeah, is yeah. if something happens to my parents and I can't get there right yeah. away. So for me, totally like, agreeable. that's it. That would, yeah. but that's it. That would be the mm -hmm. worst. That's it. Mm -hmm. The next exactly. thing in line is like, uh, I don't know, kind of maybe in your situation, what would we do with the dogs? Yeah. Right? That's like, the, oh, yeah, honestly, to be completely honest, I'm glad you brought that up. That's, that's literally been the worst part of this whole thing. I had everything set to bring her down here. And then, so it's all these things that you have to do. You need these certain vaccines, like seven days before you go, seven to 10 days before, blah, 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 whatever. So I had everything set. I had all her tickets booked. It wasn't that bad. I had to do like a layover in Toronto and take, take her to a different flight. You have to go through the Canadian Food Inspection Agency. I believe that's what it is. And 
had everything done and I called to get the paperwork signed off. And she said, um, so she needs, when did you get her rabies vaccine? I'm like, I got it seven days ago because I was flying like in three or four days or whatever. And she's like, no, 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 no. It has to be at least 30 days before you go. And I'm like, you're joking me. Like hundreds of phone calls, emails. I went over everything with the cargo people, the airline people, the vaccine people, the vets, everything. And she finally tells me this. So I couldn't take her. So then it was like, okay, our friend is going to take her. She's going to come to visit us in December, January, whatever. She'll bring the dog. And the process, I think what happened recently, I think the airlines have done some kind of a switchover where unless your dog's 14 pounds, your dog has to fly cargo. And flying cargo is not flying inside the cabin or inside mm -hmm. the, you know, the baggage cabin on a plane anymore. It's cargo. So it was going to cost me $7,000, give or take, to get her here, which would have been fine. But with me going home in June and Helen and Ben probably coming home in July, it's another $7,000 if we can get her out. And the big, big, big thing was she's a pit bull mix and they don't let them in no matter what. Like it's literally like if they look like a pit bull, they're not getting in. So I kept thinking like she's going to get into San Jose Airport in Costa Rica and they're going to be like, nope, she's going back. And it kills me to be here without her because I love that dog so much. But the, the thought of her on a plane and back and forth and overnights here and all that stuff by herself just broke my heart even more. So yeah, she's with our friend now and she's she's so well taken care of and I'm fine and everything will be cool and I'll get her in June and I'll figure something out. I, I'll drive her here if I have to come back <laughs> this way. Um, but that was honestly, that was the worst part of the whole entire thing is, is the doc. That was just brutal, brutal. Yeah, man. Horrible. Like, it's I mean, I've been on the phone. I was on the phone with airlines for, I'd say a period of three, four weeks, like hours a day, like money in, in phone calls and like this. And I do, I would be on hold with air Canada for, 45 minutes and then it would just hang up and then I'd call back and it would just hang up. And I was just, like, again, you know yeah. this is, it was a very stressful time. Yeah. But yeah, like the worst thing that can happen, we decide that we want to go back home. Uh, and, and, and people were like, Oh, you can just start over. There's no starting over. What's starting over. It doesn't mean like, anything. What, what do you start over with? Just uh, find another home. <laughs> you know what I mean? Your <laughs> life continues on regardless of where you live. Absolutely. Time keeps moving forward and you're going to roll with it because 100%. you are also adaptable. Literally, I could plop you like a, like one of those uh, games there that comes with the claw, pulls out the toy, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. drag you out of Costa Rica, plop you into any other country. And I know you do fine. I think so too. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Future plans. I don't think I'm looking that far ahead. Like I said, June, I go home for wedding season. I'm, I'm actually excited to go home and, and at that time because I, I do love shooting weddings. Definitely continuing on with this YouTube thing. I, I love it, man. I think it's so fun. It's such a creative outlet, like just having a blast. It's so stressful at times because it's like, ah, this sucks. I, mean, I don't want to put this video up. And it's like, whatever, put it up. That's um, your own pressure. You're, you're pressuring yeah, yourself. Yeah, yeah. I, I bring that pressure. But coming up yeah. with ideas – but I've been really fortunate because like a day or two will go by. Like I try to do this every day, but like a day or two will go by and I'll be like, I have no idea what to do. Maybe I'm just going to vlog. I'll start vlogging. And then anytime that I do that, some, an idea comes up, you know, I had no idea what to do for this vlog that I'm about to release like either today or tomorrow. 
Um, and then I get this message from them, a managing um, marketing manager of this music company. Hey, man, you located in Santa Teresa? Yeah, cool. I want to hire you for this. It's like, there's my vlog. Let's do it. So I'm working for those guys while I'm creating my vlog, <laughs> you know, and there's, there's a vlog, whatever. Which will be promo so, for other people looking and all that other stuff, right? Yeah. Awesome. And just, and, and now the, the more that the channel grows and the more that people, people are watching it, especially even people in this area, I just got a message the other day. Hey, we're going four wheeling. We're off-roading to uh, the back roads to Coyote on Saturday. You want to come? As long as your Jimmy has a snorkel. I'm like, I had a snorkel. I, I bought this vehicle and I literally was, <laughs> you, you have to have a four wheel drive vehicle here. So I bought it and I had the dealership lifted big tires, spacers, ladder, roof rack, snorkel, the, the full deal. Like, so I'm like, there's an idea Saturday. If we go, I, I, I said like, yeah, you asked about the snorkel though. Like, are we going up to the windshield and water? Because this is my daily drive. <laughs> I do need yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. How intense are we getting here? Okay. So I got to make it home. Find out. Yeah, exactly. I need it for groceries. Um, but yeah, so that's this, that, and honestly, after that, I don't know, like I said about the travel thing, like this, this whole move and this whole process is, it's just flipped my, my mind on so much, like so much stuff. Like there's such, it's such an enormous world and, and you, you see stuff online all the time, especially now, like you can see so much, like, you know, just from, just from following hashtags of. Guatemalan volcanoes like we're gonna fly to Guatemala from here uh, on a turnaround you have to leave the country every 90 days and I should become a resident which we're not gonna do so you, you leave the country so one of my videos was the Nicaragua one we just drove to Nicaragua went through the border came back in they stamp your passport give you another 90 days and that's it so every 90 days you have to leave so it's kind of cool because it gives us an excuse so we went to Nicaragua mm. we're either going to Guatemala Colombia or Mexico next I kind of feel like I kind of feel like just going to Mexico for like a three day vacation on a resort, just doing nothing. Um, but then I'm like, man, Guatemala is right there. Some of these, you can get flights down here, like, like a hundred bucks, like to go to Guatemala and come back. You know, Colombia is a phenomenal country. My, my cousin goes there all the time. Crazy, crazy cool country, apparently. Um, so, so yeah, and Panama, Panama city's right there. Like all these cool, unique places. And, and then uh, like, obviously a big part of that is like, you know, my son's 15. He can say he's been to Guatemala and Nicaragua and Panama, like you know, like just life experiences that things that I wish I had. You know, I grew up in pool halls and shit when I was fourteen. <laughs> Ben's Ben's working at a cafe in Costa Rica. Like, just I feel very fortunate. There's not too sure. many fifteen-year-olds that could say that from from this neck no. of the woods. No, of course not. But um, I guess it's just that I don't look I don't look down on anything at home, but. Yeah, so I'd say those are the, the plans for the future right now. It's just up in the air, and if I if I travel around more and see different places, cool, and be healthy, take care of myself, and try to keep getting super strong and resilient. So that brings us to the last question. I ask this for all of my uh, guests, and it's if you could only give one piece of advice to becoming more resilient, uh, what would that be? Oh man, I, how do you pick? How do you do that? This is the know. Scott McIntyre tip of the day and tune into his YouTube oh. channel to find out more tips. <laughs> you should have, you should have sent me these questions beforehand, bro. Nah, man. Becoming more resilient. I, you know what, honestly, I, I have to say just like your health and fitness, 
Like, I mean, when it all boils down to it, like I can sit here and say squat or, you know, whatever, or I just, I think it's just, it's just taking care of yourself. Like you can't do shit if you're sick and, and unhealthy and unwell, yep. you know, you wouldn't be there now if you no. or anybody around you was sick period. No, no, absolutely not. And, um, and I think, th I think that's just the thing too. It's like guys like us, we talk about health and fitness so much. And it's like, and I always, I always felt like, especially when I was a CrossFit gym owner, it was like, I would tell people join a CrossFit gym, join the gym. You have to go to the gym. And I always felt like I was selling it for me, for my benefit to make money. Of course, if you're going to join my gym, I'm going to make money. But I always said, even with my photography, like family photos, I believe are the most important thing that you can do. You can have, you have to have family photos. And I always said, even when I owned a studio in town, get your family photos done. It doesn't have to be with me, but just get your family photos done. So with the whole CrossFit thing, it was join a CrossFit gym, join the gym, take care of yourself. It doesn't have to be my gym. Just do it. Join it. People who are healthy and fit, they're not sick. Their lives are better. They can do multiple things. I'm 44 years old. There's nothing that I can't do physically. Nothing. Like, like you're, you're doing that rock climbing thing. If there was rock climbing here, I would do rock climbing. I started jujitsu uh, back last October and I literally fought 50 to 60 times five to six days a week for the whole entire year before I moved here. I'm 44 years old. 22 year olds would beat the shit out of me daily there's not i don't know a lot of dudes that are 44 that just say i'm going to start jujitsu and you know and, literally and, non-stop and could handle that <laughs> well yeah and i and i mean and, I, and i'm not trying to be like oh i'm better than that person no, nothing like that but it's the whole thing is it's it's the nutrition it's the training it's the just generally taking care of yourself that enable you to, to be do to do stuff like that if ben says today i want to get into rock climbing here and uh you know with the whatever with the I don't know. What do you call it? You know, with the ropes and shit, actually climbing rock faces. Yeah. Yeah. It's just right. It's rock climbing. Whatever. Yeah. Rock climbing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I could do it. I know I could do it. I'm 44 years old. I'm, I'm learning how to surf. And I say that very, very loosely because surfing is so much harder than I thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. Dude, the other day we were surfing and the waves weren't that big when we were going out. The waves are better this time of year because they're smaller for guys like me. And by small, they're not that small. Trust me. This, these things are friggin' huge sometimes. As we were on the way out paddling out, they didn't look that big. They weren't that big. I was like, this is a perfect day. They're, you know, they're great for <laughs> us. Anyway, I get out, I'm sitting, I'm waiting. I see this, the wave coming. And that's the one thing I do suck at. It's, it's uh, reading the waves. That's a whole skill. That's one of the most important parts about surfing, in my opinion, is actually being able to read the waves and when to get it. So I see it. I start going. I realize I went too early and this wave is going to, it's going to crash on me. I'm over you. Yeah. Dude, it hit me and. I couldn't, I couldn't get back up. Like I, I'm swimming. I got my eyes open. I can see the sunlight. It's all just white water, like crazy. And I can't, I'm, I'm swimming up and I know I'm not moving. Like I'm like, holy shit, this is it. I'm done. I finally get up. And I mean, it probably it, like, it might've been 10 seconds, 15 right. seconds. It wasn't that, it wasn't that long, but yep. I'm panicking anyways. Right. My chest is about to explode. I get up, I get one breath. Bam. Next, Next one. Because it's right there. Yep. So the same thing, I do it again, and I'm like, I am going to fucking die. I finally get up out of that one. I see my surfboard. I grab the leash from my ankle. I start pulling the board towards me. I get the board. Bam. I get hit again. Takes me under. Surfboard hit me in the face. Not very hard. 
I get up from that one and I'm talking, I'm out. I am done. I am just this. There's no other wave hitting me. Thankfully, it was like a three wave set that was just like one after the other. Bang, bang, bang. I made it into shore. Like it was fine. Anyway, I stood there and I looked at Ben and Ben was still surfing. I was like, I'm out. I am done today. And it, it beat the shit out of me. So, um, it's, it, it, surfing is a lot harder. Like I can get up the balance. I'm good. Like sort of good. I can catch waves when I'm in the white, but you know, these, you, I go down there somewhat sometimes in the morning after, you know, laying out, I go down and just walk on the beach and some of these waves are enormous and people are just getting destroyed sometimes. And I, I see someone get hit by this wave and I'm like, see, I would just, that would be it for me. I'm out, you know, nah. it's hard. Anyway, I will learn. I will learn. I will get better at surfing, but, um, it's a, it's a, task that's for sure just like chumbawana said you got knocked down and you'll get up again yeah Nothing's but that's the whole thing with the resi- that's the whole thing with the resilience i guess it's just i feel so fortunate to be you know as healthy as i am and in, in the kind of physical shape that i am and there's nothing that there's nothing that i can't do i, I don't believe i don't like you know what i mean if i came home and you said let's go on this rock i'd be like okay you know i'm probably gonna suck at it i'm not gonna be as good as you because you train it but i'm coming let's go yeah you know when i see people train for a 10k run like I don't, I don't run that much. Like I, I do with CrossFit, but it's not like I'm going out doing five and 10 and 15 Ks. Like I used to do that stuff. But if you were here now and said, let's go for a 10 K run, I'd be like, all right, my legs and my shins and shit are going to hurt tomorrow. I'm not going to break any records, but I'll go run a 10 K. Like it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. And I don't mean that as an offense to anybody who hasn't run or they're training for running. I think that stuff's awesome, but I feel very fortunate to be in the position that I am in with, you know, especially with diet, nutrition and, and my fitness and health. So, um, yeah. But I think that's, that's the point. The point is to train yes. and eat and fuel yourself absolutely. to become more capable. Yes, absolutely. And I think we're not like the pinnacles of health and fitness, but we're doing all right. Where oh, we yeah. can, like you just said, if you ask me to do, sure, I've never surfed before. I've done some stand-up paddle boarding and there's been some little blips in the water <laughs> behind me. Yeah. No, you but I'm sure I could catch on to surfing if I put some effort into it. Right. hundred percent. I don't, I don't feel like that's not something that's well outside of my range of capability. So same thing. If you train with those functional movements, mm. you eat pretty good. You don't have to eat perfect. You don't have to train per there's no such thing as a perfect training program no. anyway. No. Right. But when you no. train your body that way, you become more capable and your options open up. Nothing, oh, sure. nothing can get in your way. Nothing. I, and I just, I don't, I, it's the secret. It is. It's the secret. Everybody wants the secret. Everybody wants the magic pill. And that's literally it. Just get your ass in the gym. Go join a CrossFit gym, man. Especially functional training like that. Like, don't be afraid to do it. Like, I'd be way more like, knowing what I know now to join a CrossFit gym, you know, with the, with the way the community is and the people are and the coaches are, or, or going to like, you know, just like that, not, not to be mean, but like a YMCA or something. Like you're, you're going to walk into one of those places. If you don't know what you're doing, good luck. You're, you're surrounded by all those machines and all those weights. And if you don't know how to lift properly or move properly or, you know, today I'm going to work on my legs. Okay, well, what are you going to do? All the boys are in the squat racks right now, so that's off. There's some lady on the, the leg press machine, so uh, you're just going to go home. I can't do anything. All the machines are taken out. That's going to happen at a CrossFit gym. Yeah. It's not going to happen in a CrossFit gym. Here's what you're doing today. You're going to do some thrusters. Well, what are those? Well, we're going to teach you how to do them, assuming that, we, you know, we, we've taught them how to do it and they, they know what they're doing. And that's it. I went to the gym the other day, dude, and the guy had, there was uh, 120 or 140 
double dumbbell thrusters. I'm like, you know what? I love this shit. I love brutal workouts. I love getting absolutely fucking destroyed. I love it. When I leave there, there's no better feeling in the world. There literally is no better feeling in the world. If I had known that that shit was on the board that day, I'm almost positive I would not have went in. I would have went, no, you know what? I'm not doing that many dumbbell thrusters today. <laughs> but you don't have a choice, right? So that's the great thing about a CrossFit gym. And it's like I'm making it out to be way worse than it is. But, you know, you don't have to know shit about anything. When you go into that gym that day, you're doing that 18-minute AMRAP whether you like it or not. And that's it. Then you're done. Then you're high five and you're hitting the car. You're going home to get a shower and have a post-workout meal. Done. It's over. Do that. Join the CrossFit gym. And you Come feel you feel fucking great. Man, I just don't like I couldn't I couldn't stop. I, right now I have a, a messed up bicep tendon. I think I heard it before I left uh snatching. I didn't warm up enough. I put 95 pounds on the bar and I hurt my I hurt my bicep tendon and shoulder something. I can still do a lot of shit, but I can't clean and I can't really snatch or do muscle ups. I mean it's not the end of the world. It, it hurts. I hate it. It's it makes me sick that I can't can't do that stuff right now, but I train super hard on every other aspect. But yeah, whatever. What's the like, you know, what's what's the worst that's gonna happen? Oh my my snatch will go from you know two ten to one nine. Whatever, it doesn't matter. It's stupid. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I still train super hard. But um I can't imagine if I was injured in a way that I couldn't train. You know what I mean? Like I that would have to be pretty severe for you. Oh man, like I just don't know. I don't I think that I'd be I think everything would and I wouldn't have any motivation to do to do anything like i really wouldn't i just i have to i have to do that shit it's just and i think that everybody should you if you're 40 years old if you're a dude listen to this podcast right now and you can't do 15 push-ups right now you have to do as much as you possibly can to do 15 push-ups and i don't mean this little bullshit one inch push-ups push your chest on the ground i'm up to full extension take two seconds coming up are going down and do that for 15 times. If you can't do that every morning before you get in the shower, you should be doing that. Do it. I mean, that's quick story. This is the last thing I want to say. I know we're, we're ending it, but <laughs> I don't know how many years ago it was five, six, seven years ago. I was on an airplane. I was walking in. There was a guy, I think he was behind me. I put my bag up in the upright container holder, whatever, above head, whatever it's called. And uh, the guy tapped me. He said, would you mind putting this up there for me? I'm just right off the top. I'm like, yep, no problem. Grab it, put it up. He sat down beside me. I said, I, I ask you a question. He goes, yeah. I said, how come uh, you needed me to do that? He goes, oh, man, like my shoulders are super sore and it's, it really hurts. And I mean, it wasn't that heavy of a bag, like it was 20 pounds, whatever. And uh, I go, oh, okay. I said, uh, so how old are you? He's like, I'm 51. I go, so what happens at 61? He goes, what do you mean? I said, dude, you're 51 years old. You can't lift a small bag up above your head. What are you going to do in 10 years? He was like, holy shit. I never looked at it like that. I'm like, yeah, dude, it's you not just going to magically get mind. better. Yeah. yeah. I, I go, dude, it's not going to get better. He goes, holy shit, I never thought about it like that. I'm like, yeah, you got to do something to fix that. And now I don't know what happened to that guy. Hopefully he went home and started doing, doing some military presses or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully, but we had a whole thing about fitness and health and, I, and that's it. And that's, and that's the way that I look at stuff now. It's like, okay, I'm definitely like, I'm six years away from 50. That blows my, I can't even, I don't even know how to comprehend that but but that means in six years i'll be 50 years old like if i can't do something now then i'm not going to do it at 50 so this is why everything keeps me going all this yeah let's do it yeah you're just creating a hedge you're creating a hedge against old age yeah that's all this
Yeah. hundred percent. Scott, this has been, uh, it's been great. Been good. <laughs> been a good catch up. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's fantastic. Yeah, we don't even absolutely. have to record the next time we do it. We could just, no, talk. we could actually have a phone call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be exactly the same thing. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. All right, Scott, I'm going to share all your, uh, your, um, socials there in, in the show notes here. So if people want to check out your YouTube channel, uh, what is it called? Cape to Costa. So I, I should have thought that one out better. I still struggle with wondering whether I should have named it that, but Cape Breton, Costa Rica, Cape to Costa. That's what I think it's, per- I think it's perfect. I, yeah. Cool. I started at the Instagram. It was basically started with the Instagram page. I was going to do that for friends and family and, uh, Cape to Costa there, Cape to Costa on Instagram. Um, yeah subscribe to that shit man it'd be great link uh or like that stuff i'm really trying to get that algorithm growing and it's the to, to get it in front of more people on youtube you have to have subscribers you have to have the likes you have to have the engagement and it's um I'm, i've learned a lot about youtube a lot a lot a lot about youtube and from as a tip to anyone who wants to to start youtube the most important things on youtube are your title and your thumbnail and that's it so I, I would say even more important than that is consistency. 100% consistency and 100% content. I don't want to see a cool thumbnail and have this shit video that just doesn't make any sense. So I believe the content is huge, if, especially if it's someone that you're going to subscribe to and you and you, you look forward to and engage with. The content has to be good. That's my biggest struggle. And it's, I want to make everything content. I want to make it phenomenal. <clears throat> but to get the views and to get into this YouTube algorithm, you have to have apparently great thumbnails of yourself and great titles. So when you see these thumbnails with me in my face, it's not that I think I'm a gorgeous human being or I want to see my face. It's what they want. It's what, it's what, it's what's actually going to work for YouTube. So that's why I, I feel like explaining want. that. Yeah. Cause when you <laughs> see these stupid ass thumbnails of me in my face, it's, it's just, that's all it is. It's, and it's up there for a quick second, get you to click on it and then hopefully enjoy the content. So, cool. but yeah, that's it. Check that stuff out, subscribe it and like it and cool. Appreciate you, Scott. Thanks for coming on here. It's been a great chat with you, you. brother. Right on, man. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest episodes, be sure to subscribe, and I'll see you next time.